Blog Talk Radio. We are the UR Tennis Network. Our mission is to be the voice of tennis. We enlist a team of passionate enthusiasts to promote our sport. We strive to bring interesting perspectives on the many spins of tennis. Our goal is to provide the learners of our sport with current news and information from many angles. We seek active participation from communities interested in tennis, but tennis is not interested in them. We are expanding our outreach. Tennis is a true lifetime sport that needs to be talked about, and the UR Tennis Network pledges to pursue this idea relentlessly. Good afternoon, tennis fans, especially you high school tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball UR Tens Network, where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, the FHS TCA perspective on high school tennis. We are the new kid on the block, only in our second year of broadcasting, and we want to thank the CEO of our organization, J.P. Weber, and We Coach Tennis for allowing me to join such a distinguishing group. As you know, Lisa Stone and her Tuesday Parent and ASIN program has been is now in her fifth year, and Wednesday's Chuck Reese American Tennis has been broadcasting for four years. Uh, the, those of you that haven't been following the legendary coach instructional series, especially your new coaches should be looking at that because this is a must for new coaches. It's a must for any coach, but especially you new coaches. You need to know uh, what he he has. He has mentored many people, and uh, although I'm older than him, in a way I consider myself one of those uh, people. Each week... You could be hearing from on our broadcast from high school coaches, college or professional coaches, tennis pros, or our guests might include educators, organization leaders from the FACA, PTR, USPTA, USTA, and of course, you'd also include our partners. Uh, our broadcast can't help but occasionally overlap some of the other great tennis broadcasts that you listen to on the network. And this is why uh, at least once a month you'll hear a college coach. Matter of fact, next week we have a uh, uh, college uh, coach on from North Carolina, Division Three uh, uh, school, and um, that there is uh, Randy Alexander. So uh, we will have uh, this today. We have a, uh, well, the gentleman I worked for for uh, 20 years, uh, an athletic director who was well-recognized in the state of Florida, man I respect and uh, immensely, and we'll talk to you a little bit about him in a little while. But our network uh, includes tennis, naturally. This is what our emphasis are. But hopefully you'll see what many of the coaches see is that tennis is a good vehicle 
to prepare our high school youth and our college uh, players for the journey uh, through life. I have, uh, I'd like to especially thank those people that helped make this uh, possible, uh, Wilson Sports, uh, 100 years of uh, being involved in sports. I don't remember all of it, but I do remember much of it, and I wish I could be around for the next 100 years because uh, they are special, and they're special to the Florida High School Tennis Coaches Association. Um, Team Connections, they, like Wilson, uh, sit and help uh, us with our all-star tournament for our high school seniors and make sure that our players and coaches look well and they provide the uh, uniforms uh, for them. And then every year they sit there and they give out uh, free uniforms for uh, a high school team. Uh, I shouldn't say free because actually – a team from the previous year earns enough points to present free uniforms to a Florida high school team the following year. You can go to our website at fhstca.org and uh, go to Team Connect, go to resource page, then Team Connection, and see how you can get free uniforms. You've often heard me talking about the importance of uh, continuing education and the lessons that can be given. And one of the reasons the Florida Athletic Coaches Association uh, continuously um, conducts training. Uh, there's lessons given in many ways. And the truth of the matter is that you're um, never uh, too old uh, to uh, learn something new. And uh, those of you that have read Florida Tennis Magazine and uh, this issue of October and November uh, will uh, see that uh, if you read the, my article real carefully, you will see there's a slight problem there. And the Almighty decided to give me another lesson to um, learn from, and that is you are never in completely control of anything. Uh, and when turning in my articles to Jim March, the uh, editor and founder of Florida Magazine, uh, I turned in the article and talked about the awards that would be presented at the, um, our 216 Florida High School fundraising luncheon, and uh, they, um, I, he uh, sat there and uh, said, well, the, we're not going to be out to the following week, and what do you, how do you know everything's going to happen? I said, well, listen, Flagler Insurance is putting on the... Uh, I'd like you to call the 714 number. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, like, I, like I was uh, saying, the, uh, I figured being Flagler Insurance has gone to such great events to have this for us and to sit there and put the, uh, uh, take an ad out. And, of course, Roxanne Malone, uh, with Gentle Family uh, Dental Care, 
uh, as per the ad out uh, too. Um, and being I knew who the people were that were going to be receiving the awards, we should sit and uh, run the article anyway, and we did. And, of course, uh, those of you who know that Hurricane Matthew decided to change much of the plans in Florida, and, of course, there was no uh, FACA workshop. Uh, hopefully, most of the, uh, many of the uh, speakers that we had planned for the workshop have agreed to come back January 5th, 6th, and 7th, and uh, give us, uh, do the presentation there, and hopefully we will uh, be able to honor those people. But the, uh, as stated in the article, the 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A um, coaches of the year are those people, and um, I, I'm proud uh, to be wearing uh, one of Team Connections uh, jackets that was given to John Posner and myself for being inducted into the FHS TCA Hall of Fame. So the article is a true article, but uh, a lesson was given, and the Almighty decided that I need a lesson. So at my age, if I could still get lessons, be prepared. We're all ready to uh, continue learning. And uh, like I said, the article is true except the fact that those awards were not given at the awards luncheon uh, because of the uh, uh, we were uh, didn't have uh, the luncheon. Excuse me one second, Bobby. Which one? Okay, uh, like I was saying, I'm waiting for um, Mike Stutsky to be uh, coming on the uh, phone. Mr. Stutsky uh, was the first uh, athletic director for Sebastian uh, River uh, High School. And uh, quite frankly, the first uh, response is that I heard from him uh, before I went to uh, work for him uh, full-time were, quite frankly, uh, some negative uh, responses. The Sebastian River High School uh, was a freshly opened school. It was in a situation that uh, there was... Yeah, I think uh, Mr. Stutsky is trying to call in on the other number and not the 714. The uh, the number to call in on is 714-583. Hang on one second. 714 Okay, I have Mr. Stutsky on the other phone, so if you will excuse me at one, one second. Mr. Stutsky, the number is 714-583-6853. If you call in there, we can have a conversation. Did you hear him, Mike? Okay. I, I'm... 
I'm sorry uh, for any confusion uh, here, but uh, like I was uh, saying, just just one minute, please, and I'll be right with you. I know I'll be more important you do this stuff than be with me. Hang on one second, please. Let's see. Coach, are you there? Um, I apologize. I am having a little problem. I have been late getting into the uh, 21st century. Uh, Coach, can you Mike, hear me? Mike, are you there? Yes, I am, Coach. Hi, can you hear me? Mike. How are you? I'm sorry about the well. uh, confusion. Good. I uh, really appreciate uh, you being on the broadcast. I was just starting to tell... The audience, uh, actually, I was apologizing for a mix-up in my article in Florida Tennis Magazine. The Almighty decided to teach me a lesson, which I remember, uh, gave us uh, Hurricane Matthew. But I was just starting to go into telling the audience that uh, you were, the, of course, the first athletic director for Sebastian River High School. Uh, I didn't uh, let them know yet that how active you were with uh, the FHSAA and, uh, and the FACA and actually even the uh, uh, National Federation of High School Coaches Association. And I know you've been uh, a major supporter of us. Uh, and uh, as we talk, I will get into uh, a few articles uh a few items that uh, we talked about. I started to talk about mentors. Uh, Coach uh, Creasy's show this week is about mentors. Uh, Mr. Stutsky was a person that uh, I not only worked for, but even though he was uh, younger than me, I do consider him one of my mentors. He was, uh, those of you that listen to the show regularly know that I am opinionated, and uh, while I'm anxious to hear your opinions, and I always invite you to call in, uh, you know you're going to get my opinion every week, and uh, uh, Mr. Stutsky has been a sounding board for me, and I appreciate you being on this show. I just told the audience a few minutes ago how you recently retired. Can you tell us how you're doing in retirement and what you're doing well sure coach um and thank you first and foremost for uh, having me on the show and yes our relationship goes back 20 years and it's uh, a friendship and a professional relationship of course that uh, is is quite meaningful to me uh retirement has been great and i recommend it for anyone who uh, is so inclined that's not to say that i'm 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 not involved in things because I prepared for my retirement, and uh, the biggest difference is that I have a lot of time now to do the things that I want to do and, and, and take care of things within family that I've wanted to do over the years. Done some traveling, spent two weeks out in Alaska, uh, getting ready to um, 
make a uh, train trip uh, to San Francisco uh, through the Rocky Mountains. Uh, I guess you could call that a, a bucket list uh, item that the missus uh, and and I have had uh, uh, you know for quite some time. So we're looking forward to the fall colors as we go through the Rockies. That takes place in 10 days. Um, so you know the traveling and and a long list of honeydews that have accumulated uh, over the years have kept me very busy. Uh, but I'm very grateful to the good Lord that uh, I have the energy and now I have the time to uh, to give back to to family and uh, community and still uh, remain active within uh, the sports uh, community here in Florida by way of the Treasure Coast Sports Commission. Uh, in fact, we just had a meeting this morning with the uh, athletic directors here at the Treasure Coast as we begin to lay out the plans for uh, next spring's uh, Toast of the Treasure Coast student-athletes. So um, I'd be less than honest if I didn't say that I, I miss the students, uh, miss Friday Night Lights, but um, I'm, I'm always reminded that, uh, uh, you know, there's a, a time and a place in life where you, you make decisions and you move on, and that's what I've done. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and uh, you, you sure deserve it. I started to tell the audience how some of my first things that I heard about you were considered very positive. I think back to, uh, oh, I guess it was 95 or 96. I think it was before I actually coached full-time where you were just doing some volunteer. But um, you uh, d decided that all athletes would have a 2.0 grade. Uh, great point average, and I think, if I remember, I think the state regulation at that time was 1.5, and I said, God, this is somebody I've got to do more, get more involved with, but uh, uh, I, I can't say that that uh, was received uh, great at that time by everybody. Do you remember that? I remember it very well. Um, our founding principal at Sebastian River High School, Dr. Fran Adams, who later became superintendent of schools, when she hired me and asked me about my philosophy, I, I, I shared with her that I, I really believe that uh, when it came to high school athletics and having been a coach, that uh, we had maybe lost uh, focus on, on really what this student is. The student is a student athlete when they uh, involve themselves in sports. and. It's, it's not going to be the sports for the vast majority of young people that put uh, bread on the table and a roof over their head and clothes on their back. And I just felt that we should move in a direction of, of uh, if you will, uh, and you, you hit it, the nail right on the head. The state at the time was at a 1.5, and uh, we recommended uh, to the principal that we go to a 2.0. And um, although she supported it, uh, we got a tremendous uh, backlash from a group of seasoned coaches that felt that we would lose students if we raised uh, the GPA the first year to a 2.0. So I like to say that the grand compromise was made. Uh, we decided to set it at 1.7, and by the third year we were at a 2.0. Uh, the state of Florida had not yet caught up to that, and it wasn't until probably close to 2000, I believe, that the FHSAA uh, moved in the direction of having a minimum GPA of a 2.0. So I was always very proud of the fact that we were ahead of the game there. Uh, a lot of the private schools uh, had long uh, GPA should be higher. And it's nice that, uh, and I still happen to believe that 2.0 is, is too low because, quite frankly, when you, you tell a student that, you have an expectation of them, 
my experience over the years as a coach and as an athletic director is that they will rise to the occasion. Um, I'm of the opinion, uh, for what it's worth, that the minimum GPA of a student athlete today should be a 2.5. Uh, but it's a 2.0, and uh, it's nice to know that we at least have that, given where we were 20, 20 some odd years ago when it was just a 1.5. Amen to that. I couldn't agree more. I had a reading uh, in the coaching uh, manual last uh, week. I couldn't help but to think of uh, another incident where uh, in Connecticut we had a, um, a coach that was just fired. I say we, but, uh, you know, I'm talking about the industry as a whole. Uh, and uh, it was in uh, football, it was in, in tennis. But um, a student gave a warning about hazing and uh, shouldn't uh, they, um, they, they wouldn't be accepted at the school. And there was an individual uh, that was accused of uh, hazing, and um, the coach had the uh, person uh, run laps and got fired from it. And wanted they wanted to know why he thought he was capable of. Uh, uh, given out a punishment uh, for uh, hazing, and uh, yeah, and this uh, and it was to, and the coach happened to be a parent too. So, but I couldn't think back to uh, you being so gracious as to uh, do a presentation at the FACA meeting years ago on the issue of hazing, and that it wasn't. Uh, uh, something that should be considered, and it was actually against the law. And then, of course, the training that we went through uh, at Sebastian River High School, and um, I think that was part of uh, an ESPN, one of the first programs that ESPN did at the time. Well, absolutely. And I think that uh, for any of your listeners who have not experienced uh, a hazing incident on their campus or within their programs, uh, it is definitely an eye-opener. Uh, we know that hazing still uh, persists uh, throughout the athletic community, uh, boys, uh, girls, uh, high school, college. Uh, we're always reading of, of articles that come out that uh, put the spotlight on the, the, the tragedy, which is, is hazing. Um, and until such time as there are significant uh, repercussions, for those who perpetuate hazing at the high school and college level, uh, we're going to continue to read of these stories. And I think it is sad, uh, but it's just uh, a program that's evolving. And as you know, Coach, uh, when we had that experience at Sebastian River High School, it was a very, it was very difficult for the community, uh, the school community, the community at large, obviously for the victim. Uh, and, and it cost a coach his job. Um, and, and I will venture to say that, that uh, the fact of the matter is this. Uh, as you remember, I always told our head coaches that they're the captain of their ship, and they need to know what's going on within their program. And it's true that they may not be everywhere, every place with their team, but, but they know. Uh, a good coach knows the makeup of his or her team. And when a coach uh, catches wind of, of uh, uh, the possibility that a hazing event has taken place or that an activity is planned, uh, he or she must be proactive right up front, nip it in the bud. And that starts with reporting it to his or her principal uh, so that the principal can immediately, along with the school's athletic director and the coach, 
enact the necessary uh, precautions or actions uh, to, to end the thought or bring people to, to bear for the act of hazing. There is no excuse, and it is one of those topics that deserves to always be on the tip of everyone's tongue because today's young people, quite honestly, in many professionals' opinion, they have no boundaries. Uh, and and let's, let's face it, the purpose of the high school athletic experience is to grow mentally and physically young people uh, to become good leaders and good citizens. And um, there's room for hazing.
people uh, not standing uh, for the national uh, anthem, and it's uh, it's it's actually come down to uh, high school. And I think uh, as a coach, I always thought that sports, you know, was was kind of would be the leading way, the best road to take to uh, you know help establish positive norms in society. But unfortunately, sometimes that one or two percent that uh, uh, that aren't doing things uh, the way most people perceive they should be done seems to get more depressed. And now I've seen where the situation has happened in a couple of high schools. Uh, would you like to tackle that issue, or would you want to avoid it? No, not at all. I, I obviously, when it first came uh, came about with Colin Kaepernick, um, my first reaction was disgust. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, one of the common threads we both have is as we're we're both Marine Corps veterans. Um, I tried to uh, balance it uh, by way of the fact that for a number of years I taught American government and civics, and the right for one to express himself or herself is something that obviously is protected by the Bill of Rights. I think there's also a time when common sense should uh, come into play. You mentioned how this has trickled down to the high schools and students uh, following uh, Kaepernick's um, uh, lead, if you want to call it that, in in taking a knee. Um, I'm very troubled by it, and yet yesterday, fortunately, I I found a balance. Uh, There was a story that came across the national news of a high school volleyball team, and the team, uh, everyone was standing at attention, facing the flag in the gymnasium, and someone went to play the national anthem, and there was a malfunction um, with the uh, recording. Uh, One of the members of the home volleyball team, a young lady, uh, broke ranks, ran over, grabbed the live microphone, and sang the national anthem. And I have to tell you, Coach, uh, that really warmed my heart to see a young person uh, take the initiative at a time when there was this m- malfunction and, and to, to take the leadership role and while everyone was facing the American flag, sing the national anthem. Now, all that being said, um, I, I feel quite honestly that any high school coach, certainly at the public school level where federal dollars are funneled in, um, There's nothing wrong with a coach sitting with his or her team and saying, obviously, we respect each other's opinion. But when you put on the school uniform and you represent this school in athletic competition and you are in the front and center of the community, that's when we go back to that old saying that there is no I in the word team. And when the team faces the flag and the playing of the national anthem, which is as customary as anything in this country, then that respect should be accorded to all of the men and women who wear a uniform, all of the men and women that serve throughout the world protecting the rights we have so that we can enjoy Friday night lights, so that we can enjoy a basketball game and any other athletic activity where people can sit in the stands and express themselves as they always like to do without repercussion or ramifications, unless, of course, they tend to have nasty behavior and have to be put out. But to not stand and offer those few moments um, towards our flag 
and towards what this nation stands for is very sad. And I, I would hope that coaches would do their part in, in meeting with their teams and just sharing with them the importance of coming together as a team. And if they put it in that context, I think any adolescent can fully understand that when I put on a uniform, I'm a member of a team. And if my team is facing the flag, then it would be unconscionable for me to break ranks with the team and, and to take a knee. Uh, what professional athletes do, let's face it, they're paid big money, uh, they have a platform, but I think that what we're dealing with right now with folks not being respectful towards the flag and the American um, and the national anthem is not setting a good example for young people. And, and I just hope that athletic directors and coaches nationwide at the high school level will impart on their student-athletes the importance of, quite frankly, celebrating the freedoms that we have and, and how we, we, we take that time before every athletic event to, to show our patriotism. There's certainly nothing wrong with it, and it's as American as apple pie. Well, I, I couldn't have said that better, Coach. I have to say, I really, uh, I truthfully missed uh, not going into your office and having our uh, conversations. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, I would, when the new athletic director gets settled in, she will. Uh, I'll be able to go in there and have some conversations uh, too. But uh, uh, I just couldn't have uh, agree with you more. And I think that's one of the things we talked about years ago is the importance of, which I don't know, Kat, I don't remember how far back we started, about the player-parent meetings before. I mean, in Sebastian High School, everybody knew the first Wednesday in September, first Wednesday in October, first Wednesday in November were the parent-player meetings for tennis. And uh, you're able to get all this out and take all these individuals and try to build them into a team and try to get them to share some of the things. The hardest thing, I think, for uh, our student athletes is to give them, for them to give up of themselves, to, to sit there and tell something of themselves. And, uh, and that's when you get to uh, build a family and you get to uh, be able to uh, love each other and then eventually uh, – uh, I always say, you know, tennis, I do believe, and people hear me say it all the time. I ask the question, is tennis an after-school activity in your school or is it an after-school sport? And I think it's, and, and of course, I've been on the same bandwagon trying to push it to be a sport in every school. But the most important thing is is to sit there and have these uh, student-athletes journey through the rest of their life become easier and I think that's um, the truth of the matter is most of the time uh, we don't hear the best of the student athlete and most of the time uh, it's such a rewarding experience to be part of that um, I may ask you because I have one more thing that is it, it's something that's in my uh, background that I think about, I'd like to talk, or is there something you'd like to bring up? I've been asking questions. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? Well, one of the things that uh, in the reading I've been doing, and since I've retired, I've had even more time, which is, which is great to, to, to read. I, I still stay up with, you know, current trends within 
uh, high school sports and, and just uh, looking at things a little differently, being a, a more active participant outside of the high school arena. But I, I continue to be concerned over the uh, lack of support by a lot of coaches to encourage multiple sport participation. Uh, in a recent article, I, I read that the American Medical Association uh, gave a very interesting figure that 88% of all college athletes were multiple sport athletes at high school. And I think that's a, you know, if you said 60%, 70%, you're talking 88%. And, and from, some, from an organization as well-respected as the American Medical Association. And one of the things that they emphasized in the article was that a student who is a true single-sport athlete it limits their mental and physical growth, and it does more harm than good. And when you consider, and, and I will use tennis as a perfect example, tennis for the most part is a spring sport. For a student athlete to be involved in something in the fall or the winter only puts them in a much better position physically and mentally when they move into the spring and their sport of choice, their number one sport, if you will, being tennis. Now. One would argue, well, if a student is involved in comp soccer or they're on a circuit playing tennis, does that count as another sports season? We're talking about two very different sports that a student would be involved in during their high school years that puts them in a unique position to experience different coaching styles, a different set of students that they interact with, uh, socially, um, economically, whatever the case may be, let's face it, when they get into the real world, they need to be able to work with folks from a variety of backgrounds. And so I think that, unfortunately, in many circles, we are still trapped with this mindset that a student needs to specialize because that's the only way that they're going to earn a college scholarship. And when one delves into those figures as to the percentage, uh, less than 7% in all sports that move on to the collegiate level on scholarship, why give up the opportunity to experience a variety of sports situations and participation at the team level while you're in high school? Um, the data doesn't support it, and we need to encourage students more uh, than not to become involved as a multiple sport athlete. Well, I couldn't agree more. And the, the, the data, as far as athleticism, uh, supports you even more. Uh, two years ago with Ohio State, I, forgive me, I don't remember the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it was in the 80% too of the uh, NCAA uh, national champion. Uh, it was an extremely high number, I believe, in the 80s. All played multiple sports in high school. So here's Myers, who used to be the coach of uh, Florida with Tim Tebow and everything. And these are the people that he was uh, recruiting for his high school team. These are the people that wound up giving Ohio State an NCAA championship. And today, uh, when you look at the other uh, leaders in uh, NCAA, uh, I think you're seeing more and more. So I think you're uh, 
message is getting across. I know you and I have talked about this before, and it's uh, something that you've always uh, encouraged. Uh, and I, I think it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's going on that there's coach. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's hope that as the years go by, that more and more uh, principals of high schools and their athletic directors, and then down to their coaching staff, uh, impress upon their their staff that. Uh, we need to encourage more students to be involved in high school sports. Even though the National Federation shares with us that for the last 25 years there's been an increase, let's be perfectly honest, there's also been an increase in population. Um, but I think that uh, the more students that we have involved in high school sports, the better because we know what the benefits are. But the, the days of specialization, uh, they're over with. And, and I think the coach that that insists uh, in sharing with a student athlete and his or her parent that they need to specialize, that they need to be involved year-round in their sport. Uh, The data now supports the fact that that is a disservice to a student athlete, and uh, it's something that should be, uh, that we should steer away from. So let's hope that, that that, um, that, that that trend is broken and that more students are involved as multiple sport athletes. Well, let's hope so. I have uh, recently, uh, I think back to another uh, program that you started, and I personally, you know, we all have ups and down days, and uh, one of the things that recently was uh, what was supposed to happen last week at the workshop is uh, uh, my joining John Posner and going into – the FHSTCA Hall of Fame, and I was—I thought I was blessed years ago when I was lived another life, and I was uh, in law enforcement, and I was along with a gentleman called Charlie Jackson, who later left the police department, went to the National Football League, and um, we were the first two recipients that were the. International Narcotics Enforcement uh, Officers of the Year, and questioning some of the things, seeing the 40% turnover in coaches and getting a little discouraged, I sit there and I'm saying, you know, is this the right thing? You know, what have I accomplished? Is, is drugs, did we solve the drug p- problem when I was in the police department? Charlie Jackson, when he went to the NFL, is the NFL queen of drugs uh, now. And now getting another award, and, you know, we have such a big turnover in uh, coaches. Have I been just preaching to the choir? I don't know. But I do go back, and I have to ask you about the – and and then I think about you adopting the – program the testing of student athletes uh, for drug policy we had, which again wasn't overly popular. I think I became even more conscious when we went down to uh, West Palm and uh, for that training down uh, down there on concussions. Uh, but today with the cheap, cheap drugs and everything, it's easy to sit there and say, God, what am I getting these awards for? What's going on? But 
how do you feel? Are we we're on the right track? Should we still be doing the same thing? Uh, is the drug policy uh, testing for drugs more important now, or are we just uh, in a minority group? Well, I'm sure there are those that still feel that um, that that's a violation of of a student's privacy. But obviously, the Supreme Court has. Um, Rule differently as to whether or not that changes down the road, uh, who's to say. But it's interesting that you bring it up because it was another topic that I wanted to, to, to share a comment on. I, I read just the other day that in the state of Massachusetts, a local high school suspended members of their girls' soccer team. Um, they have a, a, um, a policy uh, regarding uh, behavior and substance abuse at that school, and those students received uh, suspensions. If you take a look at the drugs that have been out there for the last 25 to 30 years, one that was always expensive but now is the least expensive of drugs to purchase, it's heroin. And the heroin epidemic in this country is something that um, high school athletic administrators and their coaching staffs have to pay very close attention to. And it's because it is very cheap for teenagers to purchase. And obviously, knowing your background, uh, as you say, from your previous life, we have in the past discussed uh, just how terrible uh, drug usage is and drug abuse is. And then if you add in the drug FLACA, which has, um, I, I don't like to use the word, use the uh, use the terminology, has gained favorable acceptance, but we know that that drug is absolutely horrendous. All it takes is for just one young person within an athletic program to lose their life, to, to hurt another person, and then we say, oh, my gosh, what, what are we going to do? There's a reason that the Supreme Court ruled that random drug testing could take place in public high schools. There's not enough of it. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Sebastian River High School was the first in the state of Florida back in 1996 to implement a random drug testing program. It took 20 years for our sister school, Vero Beach High School, uh, to implement a random drug testing program. I'm grateful that they did uh, because it is important. It is a deterrent. It is a safe way for high school athletic programs to say to their student athletes, we are going to give you a defense mechanism uh, towards the peer pressure that you uh, will find yourself under uh, when you're out with your friends. It's very simple to say, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, to do uh, any of the, the illegal substances that are here this evening because I'm a student athlete and you know what, they test at the school and my participation uh, my involvement as a member of a team is far more important than uh, a limited period of time of ecstasy here at the party. Uh, in other words, give young people who are student athletes the opportunity to, to have a defense mechanism in place that uh, with discipline they're able to say, no, um, I'm not going to participate. So do I feel that random drug testing needs to be expanded uh, for student athletes? Absolutely. I felt that way uh, throughout my career as, as an athletic administrator. Um, I think that uh, some school districts are way too timid 
in embracing a random drug testing policy. But uh, let them have the unfortunate experience to deal with a student athlete who um, is involved in something horrific uh, because they are on drugs and uh, they'll sing a different tune. Let's be proactive. That's what Sebastian's program was. It's why it was modeled in the state of Florida by other schools. Uh, Non-punitive, it does not have to be punitive um, to get the message across. And uh, we got a lot of data out of Sebastian River. Students may not have liked it, but they knew why we had it. And uh, over the years when I ran the tests and those students who, who tested positive, um, you could see uh, the hurt in their eyes knowing that they were going to lose the privilege. And I think that's the thing that's very important here. High school sports at the public school level is a privilege. It is not a right. And when that privilege is revoked because a student has broken the law and involved themselves in, in the use of illegal substances, um, there should be uh, ramifications, and, but there should also be a pathway for a student to earn their eligibility back. And I'm proud to say that we had that at Sebastian. So, no, John, I do not think that uh, testing student athletes is something that uh, um, should be forgotten. Um, I'd like to see more of it uh, because it is the right thing to do given the rise in heroin usage uh, with teenagers and the introduction of the flaca drug within society. Well, I know sometimes it seems like we're beating a dead horse, but I agree it's uh, it's necessary. I know you are as proud as the plaques in the gym as I am, but I also know that the rewards that we get is going to weddings and graduations. But I must say, um, going to your farewell party uh, to present uh, a plaque from the FHSTCA to you, which you well deserve, just to thank you, uh, was one of the most rewarding nights that I spent. And to have 29, I think it was 29 or 30, whatever, 29 or 30 uh, student athletes going to academies and the presentations that those people did, uh, all of them coming back from the academies, uh, and not coming back in person, all of them, but coming back with videos and everything. <clears throat> Truthfully, that's something I'm going to remember uh, for the rest of my life. And uh, I just, uh, I, I know, I can imagine how you felt uh, and how, you know, push. I, I do think of an incident where uh, uh, one of the girls uh we got a scholarship to uh, for Marion Military, <laughs> and uh, we had uh, this, when she signed the papers. I was always preaching, read before you sign anything, and we did that through our agreements that we had for playing tennis. And uh, we had changed the uh, paper that she would spend four years in the army. And I, I remember you saying to her, "Yeah, I'm surprised, uh, Coach Denise, being a Marine, that you didn't decide to be in the uh, go in the Marines rather than the Army." And her and her mothers to look, and they're going, "What? Do you remember that incident?" Oh, I do. I always had great fun with it because I always wanted to make it a teacher. A student signs a, a scholarship. 
Um, schools, as we both know, just don't give you money. Um, you, you literally become property of that school, and you need to know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, we always learn from our students, and I'm always reminded of the lesson that was taught to me by uh, Ashley Courtney, who uh, played uh, catcher yeah. and right for the University of Alabama. And uh, when she came back, she was our first Division One scholarship recipient at Sebastian River. And I, I asked her, I said, well, well share with me, Ashley, uh, you know, what's it like? And she says, Mr. Stutsky, let me tell you one thing right now. You're absolutely correct when you told us that we would become the property of the university. Uh, the coach always reminded us that for every one of us, there were 10 others that didn't get a scholarship and that uh, we could be replaced in a heartbeat. Uh, so when we gave the paperwork at our signings, as you, you're bringing up, uh, to add that piece of paper that said that if they didn't maintain a 3.0, I think is what we used to have there, that they would immediately transition over to four years active duty in the, in the Army. And uh, <laughs> say that nine out of ten signed that piece of paper, and, and then we'd have to point out to them. And, of course, you know, I always try to let the parents know in advance that I was doing it because I didn't want to offend anyone. But we did make it a teachable moment, and yep. you're absolutely right. When it comes to the students uh, who I had the, as I like to say, a coach, uh, while they were students at Sebastian River, I had the pleasure of working with them and assisting them. There were 30 of them that received uh, nominations and appointments to our nation's military academies. But today I changed the wording and say that it is a privilege to stay connected with that select group of young people who um, have graduated from the academies and have gone on to serve our country. And uh, you're right, that, um, that video presentation was not only humbling, but I could not think of a better way to cap off a career. And um, I, I feel very blessed that uh, you're as, as one of them, that the coaching staff came together and, and, and gave me a send-off that, uh, uh, as again, it humbled me, but but more importantly, put my career in perspective. So, uh, yes, I will always remember that evening. Well, and I will too, Coach, and I will always remember uh, uh, being part of uh, the administration that you built there, and uh, uh, I think I've, I felt I contributed a little, but I know I've received much more blessings than I, uh, I gave. And uh, I just I wish that everybody could experience what I experienced. Those of you that don't know, um, Mr. Stutsky is somebody when asked to do something, if it was in his power to do it, he would do it. When it was asked to, when we realized it was a hazing problem and it was a state problem, and he should be at the FACA to explain that he went there. When we were going into introducing our certification uh, program, and I asked him to make a video. He made a video on the importance of sports like tennis and golf and how uh, they are part of the uh, uh, program. And and there is, uh, and, and I think there is a thing going on that, and sometimes it's misinterpreted when I say this, is your school, is it an after-school activity or is it an after-school uh, sport with tennis? I don't mean that the p people have to be championship teams all the time, but I think an athletic director should be looking for a tennis coach and not 
just a uh, person to monitor to make sure that the players stay out of trouble. Uh, and uh, and I think that's important. And that's what we try to do at the FACA uh, workshops. I've been blessed to be able to have uh, associated with coaches that, uh, you know, we have coaches that were coming from Kansas, from Texas, uh, Hall of Fame legend Chuck Creasy from Clemson coming down from South Carolina. And with the concerns of the hurricane and telling them, listen, we you might not get into Orlando. Uh, you better stay home. Then they, we're coming if we're good. They're right to the last minute until the state canceled the association. And a few days afterwards, I got calls from all of those individuals saying, I noticed on Facebook that April or the sorry January fifth, sixth, and seventh. There is going to be an FACA workshop. I didn't hear from you. You don't want me to come. <laughs> of course, I mean these are, you know, these are the people that make work in uh, so rewarding. These are the people that are trying. What what we're looking for is not people to go out there. You don't have to be a tennis pro. I came in to coach in high school tennis as a tennis pro, and my first night. I came home and I ripped up three months' worth of lesson plans. And my wife said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going back to school. This is not the John Denise School of Tennis. This is high school. It's a whole different thing. So all we're trying to do is make people's job like Coach Dutsky's easier because to sit there and have coaches like me not make as many mistakes that I made. And this is what – Coaching is about people wanting to share their experience. And the stuff we share, while we might mean well, might not be the latest thing. So we ask you to please prepare. Those of you, the time to prepare for uh, next January should have been in April. Uh, The Lord decided that wasn't going to happen. So please plan to be at the FACA meeting. And... uh, you know, continue your education is so important. The lessons are important. The Almedi gave me one. Uh, I will never write an article in advance of it happening again. But, uh, and uh, those of you waiting for John Denise's perspective, uh, there won't be one this evening because I think that what Coach Stutsky had to say is more important. And, Coach, I'm going to let you, we have about 90 seconds, I'm going to let you close out the show today. Well, thank you, Coach. I I appreciate it. I I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Um, For for your coaches that are listening, no one can ever underestimate um, the importance of what you do with young people, Uh, whether you, and I'm sure that most of you are, of course, tennis coaches, but anyone who's in the profession of working with young people today you have such an important job, and, and, and now that I'm outside of the arena, I thank you. I thank you for what you do and how you do it. You have an opportunity to mold good, solid citizens, and that comes from what young people learn being part of a team. Uh, for the sport of tennis, it certainly is not an activity, and I think that any athletic director that would look at lifelong sports such as tennis and golf and bowling and to consider them at another tier is missing the boat completely. 
uh, you only have to look into the eyes of young people who have participated in a sports team that they have come together as family, uh, they have learned to win, uh, they have learned to deal with adversity and certainly loss, and that's what makes young people stronger and it makes them productive adults later in life. So uh, kudos to coaches who are listening. Uh, Coach Denise, always a pleasure. Uh, we had a great run together at Sebastian River. I appreciate all that you gave our school and, and the program, and I wish you and, and Bobby continued success with uh, what you're doing with high school tennis in the state of Florida, and uh, look forward to seeing you sometime in the future. And I do too, Coach. It's, I can't believe we killed another hour, but I do appreciate you continue giving. I'm blessed to be associated with you. You have a great uh, life, and uh, those of you listening, I look forward to hearing, talking with you again next week. Have a blessed week. Bye now.